And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. The Athletic. Hello and welcome to From the Rookery End, a Watford podcast brought to you by The Athletic, where, hey, we like to share our lives as fans of Watford Football Club. My name is John. With me is Michael. Um, all right. <laughs> all right. All right. And Jason. Yeah, I'm feeling a lot more happier than Saturday. <laughs> oh, aren't we just? Because <laughs> Watford have just won away at Norwich uh, 1-0. You know that. And you're probably as excited as we are because it was a... Unbelievable! I can't think of a uh, of a brilliant analogy of where one thing's gone from one thing to another thing. We're like a butterfly, from <laughs> from from a caterpillar to a butterfly. Caterpillars on Saturday, butterflies tonight against Norwich City. Mike, was that is that the biggest game of our season? Yeah, I think so. Um, now, is mean, that just easy to say because it's the latest game? Really, is it? Well, I've been giving it a lot of thought, it won't surprise you to know, and I've been weighing up tonight, and I thought, if we lose tonight, then then the others can sniff blood Swansea more than Brentford, because they've been on a a bit of a poor run, but if we lose, I I felt that people would sniff blood. I thought if we got a draw, that would be enough to go into Saturday and make Saturday a very, very big game, win that, and, and, and we'd be very much in control, win it, and we'd be... In in dreamland, really, as, as close as possible to, to going up. So I think this was a a pressurised game as a result of what happened on on Saturday. It was a poor performance in a massive game at a massive time of the season. They put a bit of unnecessary pressure on themselves today, going to um, what looked like the champions elect. Um, they just made it harder than it should have been. Um, and if they hadn't turned in a performance tonight, it would have been a very, very nervy three games, probably. I see that as, I, I think for us, I don't, you, you are talking about the others and how they're viewing it. I saw a loss tonight as us losing our, our, the wind beneath our wings. Yeah. Um, can can and, I just stop? Yeah. Can I just stop for a minute? And I've, I'm aware that I sound a little bit morose, a little bit <laughs> flat, a little bit level, a little bit sort of pragmatic. Um, that was all before the game, and that's self-preservation. Okay. That's me trying to sort of rationalise everything and and try to enjoy this running somehow. I'm so so pleased, so excited, so impressed, and so proud with that performance tonight. I didn't want I didn't want my mood to be misjudged by the way I was a little bit sort of um, scientific me, never never scientific, but you know what I mean. I didn't want to be my tone to be misconstrued. I am absolutely bouncing off the walls with that, and and I think the reason is because I I, I think it was such a massive game, and I think it was the biggest game of the season. They made it that, and they responded. That's what everyone said yeah, about Saturday. They had to respond. And they did, and they did it majestically. 
They responded and then they did it some. Um, Jason, we were... You know, several things came out of Saturday. The midfield wasn't quite right, and it was great that we saw some changes. But we literally saw more from Watford in the first ten minutes than we did the entire ninety minutes against Luton. Those, those, was it purely down to those midfield changes for you that that opened up that get, that opened up that Watford team to be far more expressive than they had been in the last well against Luton and and, and several games recently. Not just, I think a big part of it. Obviously, we talked about. Will Hughes is much better when deployed as the deep midfielder of the three. Um, so that certainly helped, I think, having Cleverly back from the start with his energy and passion and fire. Uh, I think that helped. And, and an experienced man in Dan Gosling, who been there, done that, worn the T-shirt when it comes to the championship promotion race. So, yeah, that was a, a good start to have those three there. I think also comes down a bit to what we talked about on Saturday where Luton's first thought was to stop us from playing, whereas Norwich's first thought would have been to try and win the game themselves and play the way they want to play, which afforded us a little bit more room, a little bit more space. They've got full backs that like to attack that allowed us to attack ourselves predominantly down the right, which obviously isn't a surprise. Um, You know what? It did feel like a little bit because it was at one point really early on, it's like, have Norwich never seen Ishmael Asar play a game that he's like a massive outlet for us? Because he had a lot of room and had a lot of opportunities. Yeah, I think they didn't... Luton pressed us hard and pressed us high. They, Norwich didn't do that at all. What Norwich seemed to want to do was to just stick bodies in the box and just sort of stop whatever Saar was doing, stop it from coming into the box. And it didn't quite work because they, whilst they had bodies in the box... Gosling's late runs into the box mm. were causing them problems and he was finding those little pockets of space and, and that's why he ended up with uh, a chance to have a hat-trick after about 15 minutes. Unfortunately, ended up with none. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll get to the man who scored the winning goal a little bit later on. But Mike, in, in terms of but in terms of the, the change in the defence, God love him, Craig Cathcart. He's a proper footballer. He's not Kiko Femenia, but he did try, didn't he? And, and, but, but defensively, his role in that when you saw that that lineup, where did you feel more secure? Did you feel more like we were just going for 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 the draw? No, I, I felt secure. I think that's a really good. I think that's a really good word. I did. I did feel slightly concerned. You know, um, for many and and Gakia, very very good championship right back options, and to have neither of them available against a team who's been absolutely brilliant for, for most parts of the season is obviously a concern. You know, they've got flair players, players who can uh, beat a man, players who, that if you switch off, can from score from distance, and decent striker in, in, in Timu Puki in, in the box. So you're never, never totally secure, but what you know you're going to get with Craig Cathcart is someone who knows how to defend. He knows the art of defending. He's been around the block. He's, you know, vastly experienced at international level. He's played a lot of games at the top flight for Watford. He's, he's been around the block. He's played at every level. So you know what you're going to get. And I think at, at this stage, that was... Into, when we're talking about a third choice right back, effectively, and well, not he's not a right back, obviously, but so down to our third choice, to have someone like him with that level of experience is was was pretty good, I think. And what we know we get from Craig Cathcart is he just does the simple things well. I've said it time and time again. If there isn't a pass on, he's just going to put it out of play and, and then reset and deal with the deal with the throw in, for example. Meat and potatoes, and that's absolutely fine. I haven't got a problem with that at all. And yeah, obviously it wasn't as fluid and as 
comfortable as it might have been with either Kiko Femenia or or Jeremy Ngakia there as a as a sort of stand-in, as a makeshift right-back, I think. He's obviously not a right-back, but as a makeshift right-back, you, I think you just can trust Craig Cathcart, can't you? And I think it as it as it proved tonight, and the, the fact that that, that Saar got into the game so much, I think you know you have to take some some credit for that whole right side. Yeah, I mean there were moments when knowing that it was Craig and and certain balls were played across, and when you're watching television, you can't see the whole game, and they're played across to the right hand. So I think he's not going to get there. He's not mm. Kiko. Oh no, he is there. He is there. Yeah. But there were other occasions where him and uh, him and Ishmael were like passing the ball down, and it came back to him. He goes, "No, no, you can have it. I'm not running past you." <laughs> <laughs> but he was here. He was there. Well, just up and down the, the right hand side. Um, Jason, did you think there was a, a step up? You know, with Gosling over there supporting Ken, was there like a, a step up from the, from the left-hand side, sort of knowing that the right-hand side might not be as effective as, as you, we've, we've been getting used to? Um, not just Dan Gosling, but Adam Messina as well. We were delighted to see him back in the side after the difficult performance that Lazar had on Saturday. Difficult in so, which way? Just difficult to watch or difficult in terms of what he did? No, difficult uh, to watch. <laughs> everything. Anything yeah. that could have been difficult was difficult for him on uh, <laughs> on Saturday. Um, so having Messina back, I think, accounts for that as well. But the, I think both of those attacking midfielders gave support to the wingers tonight. So I think Gosling was probably more about um, those late runs into the box that I mentioned. I thought Cleverly actually supported Saar more than Gosling was supporting Ken, and I'm assuming that was because Cathcart was going to sit deeper and not attack as more. Saar needed someone else to support him to to sort of play those triangles, make play those one twos, um, and try and get behind the defenders. So I'm not. Yeah, the, I saw that happening more on the right hand side than, than on the left. Having said all that, I think Cathcart still got forward more than Kiko did on Saturday. Anyway, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. I mean, that's the, the interesting thing. Is again, we, we've talked about Gosling in the first half, almost you know having the opportunity for a hat trick. Pe- Pedro, Mike, really didn't. Apart from the goal, which we'll get to in a minute, you know, he didn't really. He hasn't been really imposing himself on these games, and it, it's sort of. I always think of it, you know. Well, yeah, he's not—he's not really part of it as much as you. We, we've known him to be, and we're waiting for a moment. We're not quite getting a, a performance. I think his role has changed, and I think we've been. His role hasn't played; he's changed, but our reliance on him has. I think for the first half of the season, he was the only flair player. He was the only spark. He was the only one that really looked like he was going to do anything interesting, exciting or entertaining. So we we were quite used to a lot of things going through him and him having to to be the catalyst for anything fun, basically. And I think as this run has progressed, this, this turn in form has progressed, the change in formation, we've managed to draw in more and more quality from other parts of the pitch. Will Hughes is one, and Ishmael Asar is the obvious other one, who was back to his ferocious marauding best tonight down the right. So there's less focus on him playing down the middle. That just tends to be the case, I think, with with that role. When you're playing down the middle, you you just the ball is there less. It it's it just just the way it is. And yes, I definitely agree. He doesn't look as not happy. That's not the right word, but as um, engaged, involved, and influential as he did. But we've won this game, one goal to nil. As I've said, one of the most important games of the season. 
one goal in it, and would we have won it without Jao Pedro? Beautiful ball for Gosling to score the goal. We hear it time and time again. When we were in the Premier League before, when we've had our, our, our one-year soiree sorties into the Premier League, we've generally acquitted ourselves pretty well and been undone by a couple of bits of quality. It's our turn now to have the little bits of extra quality, and people like Jao Pedro bring that. And it only needs to be one bit. It only needs to be one flash of skill. It only needs to be one finish. It only needs to be one ball to be the difference between promotion and, and staying in the division. And Jao Pedro provided that tonight. I've got no doubt of the importance of him. Any defender that switches off because they're focused on Ismail Asar with Jao Pedro around is going to have a pretty rude awakening. So I, I, I know exactly what you mean. And you are right. Uh, it, it'd, be, it'd be remiss of us not to pick up on the fact that his involvement is less, but that's not to say it's any less important. I, it, such a great player, such an important player throughout the season, and I think it's really vital that we that we recognise that. Did you ever feel, Jason, under threat in terms of Norwich scoring a goal? I know there's always that thing of them, them their, their pressure, but defensively, as a unit, they showed what we have come to know and it's yet another clean sheet yeah i mean did we feel under threat i think as a as a well i was gonna say as a watford fan but i think as any fan when you're watching a game when you're only one goal to the good you're always going to be worried that someone's gonna just a slip a mistake somewhere and, and he could let someone in or, or a piece of skill or magic from the opposition and they have players that can make that happen and um, the way they set up with Puki is a lone striker. He's going to be mobile, sort of moving across the pitch, running the channels, sort of stretching defenders where he can. And Wendier and Cantwell seem to be sort of given free roles as well and are sort of popping up all over the place. What we did really well tonight, I thought, was that we held our shape um, when Norwich was sort of looking to move the ball around. Uh, and there were times where they got towards the edge of our box, tried to play through balls, try to play it in behind defenders in the middle. And and we had all the all the gaps covered. The, the, the centre-backs did a pretty good, solid job again, as we know they can do. But the guys dropping in from midfield as well, filling those gaps, making it really hard for Norwich to, to, to penetrate and get in behind and, and create decent scoring chances, which they, they, they didn't do. I think, again, Backman, um, I think he had one or two saves to make, but there weren't any quality class says I wouldn't say he saved us at any point in the game I don't think they had any chances where you'd say mm, should have scored I think we we held pretty firm and the substitution is Michael we know how healthy um, our midfield is in, at the moment and how the the choices are abundant um, you know Chalaba came on for Gosling and uh, Zinkanal came on for Cleverly purely from the fact that it was a it was a high tempo game and they haven't played a huge number of minutes, especially cleverly. Chalabar, you know, really lifted it. I felt yeah. and, and really pushed the game forward. Oh, un- unbelievable! And I think before we talk about you mentioned we have mentioned the midfield, but cleverly Hughes Gosling were t- absolutely terrific. That little trio, t- little trio. Listen to me, like I'm like a proud dad. <laughs> um, that trio. Uh, were, were were sensational tonight, and I think they were so important in setting that early tempo that they didn't let up. Um, and a word for Gosling, great finish for the goal, and what a, what a signing he's proved to be to to be able to come in and 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 play that role because we, we got it wrong, didn't we, on Saturday with the with the decision about who who comes in and where they play, um, and you did you know when you see Gosling coming in, you do, 
question, are we going to have, and, and cleverly in Hughes, are we going to have that drive? Are we going to have that verve? And absolutely we did. So I think to, you've got a hat tip to, to all three of the guys uh, in, in that midfield. I thought they were all, all absolutely brilliant. Um, but yes, John, sorry to answer your question, probably for the first time this season. Um, <laughs> I thought Chalabar was, was sensational when when he came on and I was sort of reminding myself of what the, the club had said in terms of injury and it, they mentioned it was an Achilles problem. So, um, you know, any any chance to remind you that you, I've ha- I have had myself a, an Achilles injury sustained at Vickery Road, saving a penalty from Tommy Mooney. But uh, so I thought, right, he's going to be out, potentially out for a little while. So to see him on the bench was was a surprise but his performance when he came on absolutely I thought sensational and yeah lifted it absolutely John and coming at you know the 20 minutes to go um, Norwich up against it they started bringing bringing substitutions on attacking substitutions looking to try and obviously uh, rest control back and and to threaten us but it actually went the other way and and there was a there was a beautiful ball through from from Chalabar to, to Andre Gray just sublime the yeah. the weight on it was you know look siri show me perfect through ball um and and that was it that's the sort of like the the cheat mode on fifa that you can't do anymore that it just it's perfectly weighted and uh, yeah i think he's he's bounced back again hasn't he because when he's missed out previously he got suspended came back and was great he's missed out and come back and has been great again tonight I'm really impressed with him, and yeah, you're right to highlight him, John. I think he was—I thought he was absolutely brilliant. And we questioned perhaps um, uh, Cisco and his his substitutions. Can he change a game? Can he manage a game? Well, he—you he, know—you have to hand it to the players. They're the ones that cross the white line. But changing uh, the way he did at that time, it, it paid dividends. I think, didn't it? I thought, but yeah, I thought Chalabar was absolutely superb. And probably, you know, Griff Gray had taken it first chance, first time. It might have been a, a, a more comfortable win, but yeah, he was great. I think we just need to make a correction, Mike. Yes, you did save a penalty from Tommy Mooney at Vicarage Road, but the injury was sustained with no one within twenty yards of you. <laughs> just, to, just, just, just to, to make clear. that clear. Yeah. yeah. Just well, Chase, I don't expect you to understand. Oh! 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 Oh, Come on! Oh my gosh! Come on! 89th minute. Does that mean QPR can catch us now? <laughs> <laughs> we'll get back to that when it's the final score. We'll get back to it in the final score. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24/7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. 
From the Rookery End, a podcast about life following Watford FC. Mike's surname is Parkin, his son called Arlo, and after Watford winning against Norwich, we had to get his views. This is our feature, Michael Parkinson. It gives me great pleasure to welcome once again to Michael Parkinson, it's Arlo. Arlo, how are you doing? Good. You're good. We have just watched Norwich City nil, Watford. What? That's right, Watford have won at Carrow Road. I just want to really get your feeling. How could you? How do you feel about that result? I feel like it could have been a lot better. Oh, right. You're hard to please, like your dad. No, I don't feel like it could have been worse. I feel like I'd have been happy with a 1-1 draw, but... I see what you mean. So it's like a bonus. You'd have been... If it had been worse, you'd have still been happy. Yeah, to come away with a win at Norwich is quite an achievement because they're top of the league and they haven't been beaten in a while. So here's one last question then. Can Watford catch Norwich and be champions? Well, if I'm honest, I'd say small chance. Yeah. can definitely do it because we're Watford and we can do anything like we did in the EFC semi-finals, but we don't know the same players, so it might be a little bit harder, but I do know we're going back up. Awesome. Arlo, thanks very much for joining us. Bye. Mike, you know, the big talking point, I think is actually brilliant for our ment- mental health on our WhatsApp mm-hmm. group because we haven't been talking about this game too much. We've talked about the, the European Super League uh, and all the stuff that's gone with it. And it seems to have fallen apart completely this evening, which is a jolly nice thing. Two good positives, Watford win and something stupid like that also happens. But you asked a fantastic question uh, on, the, uh, on, our, on our Twitter account, at Watford Podcast. Uh, if Watford were going to make a breakaway... Which teams, the breakaway league, which teams would you want to, Watford to take with them? What responses did we get? We said a mini breakaway, didn't we say? Which five yeah. teams would you, would you want to be playing week in, week out? There's some really lovely ones, and we've tried, I've tried to sort of capture the, the range that we had here. I love this one from at Radinus. Radinus. Uh, great games from history. Kaiserslautern, Levski Spartak Sofia, Plymouth, Corinthian, Corinthian Casuals, and Sunderland. You couldn't get more varied and intriguing than that, could you? With a couple of away days uh, thrown in. But I love the, the sort of the historic thread running through those ones. Damien O, Demon Scott on, on Twitter. Charlton, London Beers. Brighton, Beach Beers. Luton, Derby Beers. Villa, Train Beers. Forest, Night Out Beers. I did read that one. I thought, oh, actually, could we pick teams near really good breweries? <laughs> and make our way, you know, make our way to away games and a little trip to a brewery on the way. There was one I loved as well from um, from Paul Willett. This was a visual one, you know. I'm, uh, I like I like my visual stuff, and it was just a picture of the uh, of the purple cobras from dodgeball. Uh, <laughs> yes. Is it the Monstars from um, from Space, Space Jam? Jam? Yeah, uh, the Jamaican bobsleigh team from Cool Runnings, and the uh, the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> now that that would be a terrific uh, Super League to be to be a part of, I think. Um, <laughs> But I think my favourite, and probably he took it the um, took it the most seriously, but it probably does make sense. Jonathan, who is Johnny B underscore UK to Oz, so I assume he's in Australia. That'll be that'll be my brother then. You can't pick that as a favourite. <laughs> Go what on, what did he done, say? Michael? What did he say? How are you, my favourite Bailey? <laughs> um, so he's gone with uh, they who shall not be named: Luton, Bournemouth. Crystal Palace, God. QPR, and Wolves. <laughs> and what I loved about this was in you know this whole Super League thing is sort of is about 
stifling competitiveness, isn't it? And making it e- as easy as possible for the, um, for, the, for the clubs to earn as much money as possible with a minimum effort. Well, we couldn't, Johnny couldn't have picked five more prickly ties than that. Can you imagine playing Luton, Bournemouth, Crystal Palace, QPR and Wolves for all eternity? I can't. I mean, I love those, <laughs> those ones. And in my head, I was trying to pick. I haven't picked mine properly yet. But I was thinking, you need one that's really personal. And I think that's a good one for me because I've always said before on the podcast, an away trip to Brighton is brilliant because I get to go and see the in-laws. I look good. I tick two boxes <laughs> in one weekend. Uh, I think you do need a rivalry. Uh, and and I, saw, I saw everyone with Luton. And I sort of go, no. I mean, yes, but no. No, but yes. And I, I end up going, no, I'm going to stick with Bournemouth. Because then you got two trips down to the to the coast, and of course there's always that thing, you know, you want to make sure you have a good trip down to the coast in the sunshine. If there are two teams on the coast, we've got double bubble chance of getting an away game during the uh, the warmer uh, months of the year. Um, your favourite team, to just a team you just love to play, um, and I, I don't know. I mean, I I just do love. It's more like again, I, I base all this on away games. Yeah, uh, and it, and it's about going to the right sort of stadium, and I want to, I, I want a De Peter still have a, a have a terrace. No, ah, oh. they've rebuilt they've rebuilt that end. No, then I've displaced you on a non league club, so we can just go on a terrace. Um, let's say Chesham because they're fairly nearby, um, and then you need like a really really big club. But Newcastle did come on my mind, but I didn't want to do it because it's a bit too far. So with Aston Villa. Jason, who would you have? Interesting, interesting. There's a, there's a few, yeah. There's a few things there, John, where I'd I sort of go along those lines. Now, one that I don't think's been mentioned yet was Blackpool. Definitely fancy Blackpool oh. seaside. Great night out afterwards. Yeah, Good I mean, you literally any time of year you'd be sorted, mm. wouldn't you? Wouldn't have to be summer. Absolutely. So that that was on the list for me. You mentioned Villa. I had Villa as well. In fact, I had Villa and Ipswich because I and it, it, it's like you say, it's personal things. I got a couple of old uni mates that were Villa fans and Ipswich, or Villa fan and Ipswich fan, and they were a bit like we are, a bit self-deprecating at times. Never take it too seriously, um, and and have no pretensions of of being uh, any higher up than they deserve to be. And and I think we're sort of very similar in that ilk. So I'd love to to be in a breakaway league with those guys. And and Villa Park is a magnificent stadium. Um, love to go there. So we've got those two those two in. I I also someone talked about London beers. I had the same thought. We need to have one in London again. Good beers. I picked Fulham rather than Charlton. I do love uh, the Valley. I think yeah. the Valley is a fantastic stadium. But Fulham with the sort of the walk through the park before and after the game mm-hmm. and sort of. Putney, Fulham out. There's sort of Putneys that are nice for a, a sort of beers on a night out as well. So I had that. God, we in. sound old. I know we do, don't we? <laughs> have a nice, nice pale ale after the game, boys. Ooh, yeah. um, and then the last one. The last one's a bit left field. And again, I've gone like you said, John, about non-league um, and just being somewhere different. And I've gone back to the seaside. Um, my son's favourite holiday destination at the moment seems to be Weymouth. We've been there quite a lot <laughs> as he's growing up. <laughs> And he loves it. And he always talks about, because when we were down there last time, Weymouth won promotion from um, National South uh, in, a, in a playoff. So we were on the beach and we could hear all this noise. And the players had come back to the hotel behind where the beach was and were celebrating in the bar in the hotel. And all the fans had sort of joined them as well. Oh, nice. and, and it was, yeah, they were having great fun. And I thought, well, why not? Let's, let's go down to Weymouth again. We can have a family day and we can go to the football. There's two more, two more I wanted to mention. There's one, uh, Namorador, 
on on Twitter. He said uh, Shrewsbury, Barrow, Hereford, Workington, and Yeovil. Now that appeals to the sort of wow. uh, yeah proper old school ones <laughs> and uh, quite so, distant. Yeah, but Workington yeah, to Yeovil. Wow. Well. They'll, they'll have to work that out, and we might finish top of that league, of course, which is a which is a good one. But I love um, just to finish off Mike Duffy. So Mike, who does the, the voices of the Vic uh, podcast, <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah, you know Mike has got a, a a Brummie accent because that's where that's where he's from, and he says uh, Solihull Moors, Birmingham City, Aston Villa, Chelmsley Town, and Lanzarote. And it struck me that that sounds just like him getting on the train and hearing the train stops on the way to the airport before going on holiday. <laughs> you are now approaching Solihull. You are now approaching Birmingham. You are now approaching. <laughs> Aston, you're now approaching Chelmsley, and then you get on a plane to Lanzarote. <laughs> we don't need to worry about the uh, about the Super League because we'll, we're just concentrating on making mincemeat of the Championship at the moment, aren't we? A Watford FC podcast brought to you by the Athletic. This is from the Rookery End. From the Rookery End is part of the Athletic Podcast Network, and of course, if you are a subscriber, you'll probably listen to this podcast with no advertising whatsoever. Because if you are a subscriber, that's what you get. Uh, but of course, as we've already mentioned, we mentioned about the Super League, the coverage and the, the investigation that's been going into all by all the journalists uh, that are part of The Athletic. Uh, it's been fantastic. Um, so great podcast as well on the Ornstein and Chapman feed. Uh, but if you do want to get more and you want more great coverage of football, of all sports, including North American, you can go to athletic.com forward slash rookery end and get yourself a subscription. Uh, currently three ninety nine for your first six months. Works about 14p a day, uh, and uh, you get, yeah, great coverage, great analysis with a team trying to find all the angles to all the important stories. So go to theathletic.com forward slash in to get a subscription today. So I'm going to say it, lads. I'm not scared anymore. I've hinted <laughs> at it. I've been talking around it. I felt it a bit, and I didn't really feel it at all against after the Luton game. We've got one foot in the Premier League. One foot is in it. That second foot could go in on Saturday because, as it stands, we're on 85 points. Swansea are on 76, can get 85. Brentford on 75, can get 87. So a win against Millwall on Saturday will confirm it with still two games left to go because it's not necessarily what we do. We focus on what we do. We win some football matches. We go up. So if we win on Saturday, we'd win 88 points and we would be going up. Doesn't matter what the others do. But of course, they have to be absolutely spotless in their final three or four games to go. And they, they really haven't been. Well, they haven't been today uh, with Brentford drawing uh, after going behind uh, against Cardiff. Uh, and we, as you heard earlier on in the podcast, uh, a late goal from QPR meant that Swansea lost. John, can I ask you a question? Yeah. You said, Am I fed up of maths? You, a little bit. Yeah, carry on. <laughs> You've done a great job. You've done a good job, <laughs> Mr Mooney. Thank you. You, said, you mentioned there you're not scared anymore. How, do, how have you felt? Because you're really optimistic. You're, you're, hmm. you're much better at, at being a football supporter in me as, than me in as much as you're able to always take the positives and focus on them. And I will take the opposite um, and make my own life a misery. So over the last, let's say, week... How have you honestly felt about about Watford and 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 get going getting promoted? Well, I always have. I, I think what, I, what where we differ, Michael, is I do have your moment dark thoughts. <laughs> they, they they of course they happen, but then I quickly try and find. Uh, but then oh, actually this needs to happen, this happen, and then they'll be fine. And and what's happened, I think, in the last few weeks, maybe since the Reading game, at least, it's felt like 
well, we really have to, something major has to happen. So whenever I have those dark moments or dark thoughts or you watch the looting game and you go, that's just the worst thing I've seen all season, I then have that moment of, yeah, but all the other games we played are fine. Mm. Mm. And we've got some draws, and we're not playing another team like Luton, maybe Millwall, but we're going to be playing against teams like Swansea and Brentford, especially after that get Luton game when they'd both drawn and they only made one point on us. Knowing that we were going to play them meant they were going to have to be really coming at us no matter what. Mm. So we would be able to be explosive and, and, and attack yeah. them. And, and, and we the way they've been playing... They've never really shown, in the, especially since the international break, a massive run of games where they have, well, haven't done anything really, have they, since yeah. then? That, that was going to make me think, oh, no, they're going to get a run going. You know, the yeah. other teams below them have, like Bournemouth, but they, they really hadn't. So I think I have those moments of, oh, no, that's going to happen. No, it's not. No, it's not because that and there's that and that. And I sort of yeah. bring myself back quite quickly. And that's what, I'm, you know, that's what I always try and do. That's why my, my optimism, not that I don't have dark thoughts, of I course. just find that the positive one quite quickly afterwards. Because we're, we're it's all about self-preservation, isn't it, really? Yeah, we're, yeah, only, yeah. we're kidding ourselves, trying to imagine the worst-case scenario. Just, so, but, just but in case if, though, do you, do you, I do have a thing where if I know it's going to go wrong, that's actually, I, I accept that earlier. Yeah, yeah. Rather than think, <laughs> oh, no, that's not going to I don't deny that's going to happen. If I know it's going to I accept that, so the worst thing happens. So it's one it, nil down at, at Wembley against Man City, I accepted we were going to lose. <laughs> so the six didn't matter. <laughs> I think the reason I ask is because probably earlier on I felt a little bit I felt a little bit silly to be honest because I stress about it you know lie awake thinking about the permutations oh Bournemouth on a good run Brentford only have to do this we only have to do this diddly, 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 running through it and just making it really stressful and probably quite unpleasant really and then I was just sort of sat thinking about it today and I thought well actually Watford have lost was it two in fifteen ahead of today that's two mm. in sixteen ahead of today and exactly as you were just saying there John this is a a tremendous side doing tremendous things we've had you know it's been a really incredible season they've turned around some poor early season form to deliver a quite thunderous you know second half to the season extraordinary home form it's no it's ridiculous yeah it is yeah absolutely and and I just thought to myself why why am I worrying about this this is the sort of game and it's sort of I had this wash came over me of like these are the sort of games that you die to be your team to be a part of you this is what you're desperate for your club to be a part of these big games a chance you know a tussle at the top take on the sort of who everyone thinks to be the champions elect and if you do win that you really are going to be going looking solid at the bet for promotion and you know we've earned this right to enjoy it and we sort of try to take it away from ourselves and and is it Michael Bailey, the, um, the, um, the the athletic correspondent? I saw him tweet this evening. Oh, there's a different feel about Carrow Road tonight because it was a, a big game, an electric game. And these are big electric games that our beautiful, beloved club is involved in. And I know that there's the massive elephant in the room, these mitigating circumstances about not being able to be there. You know, I was thinking about today, ordinarily, you know, we'd have all have booked the afternoon off or we'd have managed to get up to Norwich. Uh, or there'd be barbecues around, mate. You know, it would have been a big event in the in the calendar, wouldn't it? We'd have been on the, you know, we'd been together watching it somewhere, there, anywhere. And and like the rest of the season, we haven't been able to. But also, I think we're sort of a bit guilty of looking at the, looking at the permutations that could go wrong and looking about what might happen or it's going to be typical Watford if we do this. When the reality is, if we don't 
stop and enjoy these moments, enjoy the games, even if we do lose, even if we had lost tonight, enjoy the anticipation of being involved in a massive game with the eyes of the, the rest of the EFL, certainly on it, um, and enjoy a team who has put on such an incredible run of, of form. And I, I just felt a bit daft. And, and I thought, why, why am I trying to suck out the enjoyment from what is a, what is a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant sort of end of season? And, it, and even if we don't go up, we've been entertained. We've, 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 we've competed. Um, it's been football. It's been the football that we, that we crave, competitive, exciting football from a team that we can get behind and identify with. I was so excited about tonight. And I thought, if, even if we don't win, it's, it's fine. Sometimes as football spots, I think we need to, well, I'm talking for myself, but maybe loosen up and, and, and as we walk down the fairway, enjoy the, enjoy the smells, enjoy the colours, enjoy the, the, the sights, what we're seeing. Um, take it all in because, you know, that Norwich game's gone. We'll never have that game tonight. That feeling when, when um, Dan Gosling scored, it's gone now. We'll never have it again. And so we have to treasure them. What's what we've seen this week with, with the with the impending, you know, the Super League may or may not happen. It will happen in some shape or form. And we know that competition at the elite level of sport is uh, certainly in football is is diluting effectively. There's a there's a massive chasm between the haves and have nots. But we are in the midst of a really competitive, really exciting, really brilliant running. And I think we really need to to enjoy it. So that's it's a pep talk to myself. I've just used the hijack the podcast to tell myself <laughs> off, basically. And I, and I think that's credit to Watford, really. And, and I just want to say thank you, I guess, for delivering such a, a brilliant season for us all. And I think we need to, I need to recognise how how great it's been. And I'm, I, I fully intend. I did it tonight. I, I tried to enjoy it. <laughs> And and I'll try and enjoy the rest of the games and uh, just the build up. I got that that little frisson of the it's we've been missing this season, of course, because we can't go. But it was there tonight. That little spark. This is a special game. This is a big game, and there are countless clubs who don't get these games. They don't get them very often. And we're in the middle of it, uh, so let's really make a pact to to enjoy it. I think. Uh, yeah, and like we say, we win, we're fine. If we match, Geordie just sent a message to the WhatsApp group. If we match the Brentford and Bournemouth game on on the on Saturday, they start and they, and they kick off early. Then that would make us promoted as well. So we need a win on Saturday, and we're promoted. But we at least know by the time kick off happens what we need to do against Millwall, and it's at home. It's at a place we know. It's at a place we're pretty pretty good at playing at so fingers crossed it can happen earlier rather than later um just to keep our minds and hearts all <sighs> tickety-boo uh thank you very much michael no problem thanks for uh, thanks for having me john thanks for humoring me as always and thank you jason uh thank you very much uh, and we'll be back after that home game against millwall on saturday where hey we might be saying that magical phrase i can't say it i mean that tells you how much optimistic i am i can't actually say it but you know what i mean we could say it on Saturday. Come on, Yorn! The Athletic. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. 
Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.